0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Five Frachen, or Five Questions, as we would say in English. This is our podcast featuring the people of the Netherlands' diplomatic network here in the U.S. We're talking with the diplomats and policy officers about the strong bonds between the United States and the Netherlands, as well as our diplomatic work in the U.S. We're focusing on the collaborations between our two countries that make our relationship a partnership that works. I'm Jeff Allenak from the Embassy's Communications Office, And I'm talking with Deborah Vandenbrand, one of the policy officers from Economic Affairs who specializes in trade promotion and business development. Thank you for joining me today, Deborah.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
0: I asked you to join me today to talk about urban dialogues. But before we find ourselves in the traffic jam of that discussion, I'd like to start with a more basic question. What's your background and how'd you wind up at the embassy?
1: I wound up at the embassy following maybe a more uh, irregular path than many other colleagues. I initially came to the US to conduct postdoctoral research at Columbia University in New York. And after that, I started working at a bilateral Chamber of Commerce first in New York. And they asked me to move to San Francisco. And I worked for them for about two years. And during that role, I had great experiences with the Dutch consulate in San Francisco. So from there, I kind of rolled over and I started working there and I was active there for three years as a senior economic policy advisor. And I loved it. I loved San Francisco, loved working with the Dutch. And then in the fall of last year, I was asked to help out at the embassy, at the economic affairs team, and that worked out so well that now I moved here. And I'm still unpacking the last few moving boxes, but very excited to be part of the embassy team right now. Oh, how
0: long have you been here at the embassy? Then you still have moving out of bo- you still have moving boxes around. How long has it been?
1: Two months uh, officially. Yeah.
0: I bet it's been a quick yeah. two months. Has it been busy for you?
1: Definitely. With yeah. urban
0: dialogues, right?
1: Exactly. I have not been bored. I think uh, the second week that I was here, it was go time. So uh, I loved it because now I have a lot to follow up on, and that's also great if you can make a a start like that
0: Have you noticed a big difference between San Francisco and DC in terms of outs- not the work but the cities outside nightlife oh, maybe or
1: Totally I do miss a bit the hills so what makes me happy is when I go for example to Virginia and I see the hills again
0: <laughs> Oh the hills okay okay like rolling hills you mean like green pastures maybe
1: Exactly so the hills the landscape I think I think the only thing that I miss from San Francisco is uh, the beach the Pacific Ocean but luckily enough, we're not far away from the Delaware beaches here. And what I love about D.C. is, you know, it's, it's a very green city and there's a lot, a lot going on.
0: Have you been able to go to Delaware beaches yet since you've been here? Well, you've only been here two months, so maybe not. It's not the best. Been
1: to Delaware, going to the beaches next weekend. So very excited about that.
0: You have to let me know if there's a big difference between the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. I've only been to the Atlantic Ocean, so i would be interested to hear. What's the idea behind Urban Dialogues?
1: Yeah, so the urban dialogues are part of a broader urban strategy that we've designed as part of the economic work plan. And we really wanted to put more emphasis on the urban context because we see the cities as really hotbeds for innovation. In addition to that, about 83% of the American population lives in cities. That's about 93% the case in the Netherlands as well. So the entire urban context, the fabric of the city, is quintessential for the functioning of society and for economic development at large.
0: How big cities are we talking about?
1: So it can be very large cities, thinking of, for example, New York, LA, Chicago, Phoenix, Uh, but it can also be smaller cities, uh, like for example, uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is still a city and very much uh, vibrant in its own uh, sense, where also a lot of uh, urban challenges come together. So for example, for these Urban Dialogues, which is a workshop series that we've rolled out, we are focusing not on the largest cities per se in the US, but more on those cities where we see a lot of similarities with the Dutch context specifically. And the idea of the Urban Dialogues is to really bring together stakeholders from the Netherlands and from local cities in the US to work out solutions for urban challenges And those mainly have to do with social inclusion and with uh, sustainability and climate goals um, that manifest themselves in these cities. And so we did the first workshop uh, on April 13 in Baltimore, which was a great, a great kickstart to the entire trajectory. How did you
0: choose Baltimore?
1: Yeah, we chose Baltimore for a few reasons, actually. Uh, First of all, there has been a long-standing uh, collaboration between Baltimore and the city of Rotterdam. There used to be a sister city relation there, and there still is a lot of uh, exchange happening, not only on a city-to-city level, but also between knowledge institutions, more concretely between Morgan State University and the Rotterdam Academy of Architecture but in addition to that you know we also wanted to start somewhere close to home so to speak close to the embassy that's
0: only about an hour away
1: exactly so it was also convenient in terms of location for us to really start this entire trajectory but in addition to that we also really want to roll out further economic programming in the dmv region and there's quite a lot of economic activity also in and around baltimore so I would say that was definitely another factor for selecting.
0: And for folks not familiar with the Mid-Atlantic, the DMV means?
1: Oh, yeah. The, uh, well, this is a good quiz question for me right now because I just moved here. The District of Columbia, so Washington, D.C., and then Maryland and Virginia.
0: Which is different from Delmarva. When you go to the Delaware beaches, that, that's the peninsula. You'll, you'll notice that. Uh, I from, heard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so were there any conclusions from Baltimore? It's only been, what, a barely a month
1: exactly so the idea the workshops work it's really a pressure cooker so in a short period of time we gathered around experts and then also other stakeholders around the table to really discuss two topics that were at the core one was focused on climate adaptation and resilience and the other one a healthy food in cities and also how to deal with food waste And the outcomes specifically for these topics were, you know, that it's very important to focus on long-term planning instead of short-term planning. To also do a lot of prevention instead of, you know, dealing with, with the aftermath of once problems have been manifesting themselves. How we can learn a lot from the pandemic as well, both in terms of, you know, vulnerabilities and, for example, supply chains but also when it comes to innovations and of how very much neighborhood initiatives have also uh, enhanced social cohesion. But to be very honest, we gathered a lot of insights, but we now really need to work together with these stakeholders to formulate an action plan. And we're in the middle of doing that right now. And part of that will be a visit to the Netherlands and also a visit from Dutch stakeholders again to Baltimore, where we want to do, you know, a more extensive workshop, focusing more on economic topics.
0: So it wasn't a one-time thing. You're, you're developing a long-term relationship between Baltimore.
1: Exactly, exactly. The idea is very much to have a long-term collaboration between the Netherlands and Baltimore. And that can be city to city, for example, the cities of Rotterdam and The Hague, are in close contact now with uh, the city of Baltimore. So on a policy level, they can go directly, but it can also be business to business as bringing companies that can partner up with companies in Baltimore on these challenges. Or for example, between universities.
0: Okay. I understand climate adaptation, water rising, seas rising, how to prevent flooding, how to deal with that. The food waste comes as a surprise to me as an urban challenge. Can we talk about that a little bit more? What are you, what, what's the challenge there?
1: definitely so the majority of of waste actually uh, of household waste is food waste both in the netherlands and also in the us we have in the netherlands quite an encompassing circular economy plan where we look at multiple ways to reuse recycle or you know make make the best of use for, uh, for what other people might consider otherwise discarded materials. In Baltimore specifically, we saw a lot of energy on the food topic because there's quite a lot of what in common English is known as food deserts. In the city of Baltimore, they uh, use the term healthy, healthy priority areas, I think. So it's basically areas in a city where the population does not have easy access to supermarkets or other ways of getting fresh food. And we also see that to a certain extent in the Netherlands. So this accessibility to healthy food was one of the factors to bring food to the table. The other one was also, you know, how can you make sure that food does not go to waste, especially when you have a vulnerable part of your population how can you make sure that you close the loop and that for example food waste from supermarkets and the likes can go and uh, be distributed or how can you educate people engaging more into urban agriculture and there the netherlands has a lot of expertise when it comes to vertical farming for example but the city of baltimore also had a lot for us to learn from especially on how to draw in those at-risk communities and educate them and working with them uh, when it comes to urban agriculture.
0: So when you talk about food deserts, is that just that, uh, can we explain that a little bit? When you say they don't have easy access, is it that the grocery store is 10 miles away and and people don't have access to cars so they can't get there, is it?
1: There's multiple factors that play in. Uh, From top of my mind, the definition is that it's a radius of one and a half miles, where there's no no shop, no supermarket present. And typically speaking, these food deserts have been uh, created historically due to, for example, urban planning, you know, if uh, at a certain point highways were drawn through city or flyovers that were cutting off basically parts of the city from other parts of the city that were maybe more affluent that maybe had more infrastructure present that maybe had more supermarkets present so the layout of the city and the urban planning is one of the reasons one of the others could be with regard to your mobility indeed uh, access to a car but also uh, how public transportation is organized in those neighborhoods, and how easy or difficult it is for that population to then also reach healthy food.
0: That's a big challenge, especially with public transit here in in the states, because you get out to these. Well, I'm going to say rural, but no, we're talking about urban. Uh, the there's, the public transit still may not be as available as it is in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah, I mean. It also is a, is a question of scale, right? Uh, if you look at the US, it's such a vast country. Distances here are of a completely different nature than they are in the Netherlands. But I think on an urban level, definitely, I would say that in the Netherlands, there's a lot of focus on micro-mobility.
0: Micro-mobility.
1: Yeah, so using bikes, using scooters, uh, using other forms of active transportation to cover short distances. That maybe is the case in a lot of American cities that were also historically designed more for car use to begin with.
0: So it's really a cultural, uh, it sounds like, because we Americans, we love our cars. That's the first thing we always think of. We need somebody, somebody uh, has a new driver in the house. Well, they need to have a car because they need to go to work. They need to go to school. It sounds very different in the Netherlands. Uh, I I wouldn't think that here in the States that the bike would be the first thing that somebody would think of. It's always the car.
1: No, no. And I think maybe an interesting quote from, uh, from uh, the Consul General in uh, San Francisco, Dirk Janssen, once said about that, you know, in the Netherlands, when we say uh, you use a bike, you see that as a form of freedom because it allows you flexibility. You can reach point A to B very easily. You can leave your bike. You can go in, out. Whereas if you have the car, then you need to go looking for parking and the other way around. And I think in, in the US, maybe it's the other way around. But the car is maybe more seen as, you know, a main form of transportation and also a form of flexibility.
0: And a symbol of freedom, too. Yeah. Especially when you get your driver's license. you yeah. always, when you're 16, at least in, in Maryland, most states, I believe it's 16, you have a sense of freedom that you can go where you want. You don't have to have your parents drive you around, even if they have limits on it. Yeah. With a bike, we use it much more recreationally than to commute or to go to the store. We, I don't think we would think of that. Yeah. Think, oh, I don't want to go for a bike ride. I don't have time for that.
1: Might be a good topic for a future session as well, mobility in the city.
0: It could be, yes, absolutely. Any other cities on the deck for Urban Dialogues?
1: Definitely. So uh, we are now gearing up for a a session, a workshop in Detroit, which will take place in November, beginning of November. And that will be coinciding with the Sustainable Urban Design Summit. And that will have its third edition. And so whereas the summit will focus more on roundtable formats, we will conclude today with this very interactive pressure cooker format which we call the Urban Dialogues. In addition, we are also looking at San Diego, at uh, New York, and at Atlanta for 2024. San Diego will be coinciding with, a, uh, with an exhibition of a Dutch artist, and then New York will be on the occasion of 400 Years and uh, New Amsterdam.
0: So would these be collaborations with each city? That's, that's a big task. How do you manage that?
1: Luckily enough, um, we are an entire team, right? It's a collaboration between your colleagues from the communications department and then my colleagues at the economic affairs uh, department. But we're also uh, really relying on the expertise and the knowledge of the consulates that are taking up a very active role in this. So for example, for uh, Detroit, the consulate general in Chicago will be in the lead for San Diego. The consulate general in San Francisco will be in the lead. And then
0: when, when with the collaboration with, okay, it's Baltimore and Rotterdam, the, the sister cities. Is there a sister city for Detroit in, in the Netherlands?
1: Good question. To my knowledge, not. Maybe um, we need to find one. Yeah, uh, but there's definitely a lot of interest from Dutch cities in learning from Detroit and um, and specifically the city of Amsterdam is very keen on, uh, on attending and collaborating on the urban dialogues in Detroit. Oh, okay. And then the city, also New York, uh, obviously New, new Amsterdam. Amsterdam um, and then uh, the city of Rotterdam has expressed interest in the San Diego um, version as well. So we're definitely also you know, tailoring it a bit according to the exact topics that will be discussed but also on the type of city for example baltimore is a post-industrial city then it makes sense to draw in for example rather than and when they focus on for example uh, heat stress uh, mitigation and also really looking at how to deal with segregation in a city then it makes sense to partner them with the hague which we did
0: sounds, sounds like it's, there's a little bit of strategy there with who i you, hope
1: so
0: <laughs> well it must be if you have all these cities lined up Definitely sounds like a full plate. Do you you have other projects that you work on as well?
1: Yes. So my main focus at the embassy is trade promotion and business development. I'm mainly focusing on how to roll out economic programming in the DMV region. And in addition to that, also Delaware and West Virginia are part of what we call the the states immediately uh, falling under the embassy when it comes to economic uh, development. So that's my main task. So really thinking together with local economic development agencies on how can we facilitate market access for Dutch companies? How can we work strategically together on economic programming, mainly with a focus on cybersecurity, tech startups, and then also social impact and gov tech, government tech, because that's really in the DNA of the DMV region as well, those topics, um, and in addition to that, of course, the urban strategy, which is also a bit broader than the urban dialogues, the urban dialogues are the main instrument in that toolkit and then lastly, uh, you know also developing a network on the hill when it comes to uh, you know those those topics that are in my business development portfolio so i won't be bored
0: no it doesn't sound like it so for example, uh, let's take that down one level if there's a Dutch company that's looking to enter the U.S. market, is you play a role in that maybe to to help them or to say, hey, we have this in the DMV area. You want to go to let me introduce you to these people in West Virginia, for example. Is is that is that what we're talking about when trade promotion?
1: Exactly. So it's both uh, individual assistance to companies and looking together with them which region in the US would make most sense for you to go to. And either if it's within our uh, neighboring states, they'll land with me initially. Or if they're looking, for example, at California or at Texas, I'll make sure to introduce them to our consulates there so they can be helped further there. And those companies sometimes reach us directly, but most often, and that's also the way that we encourage them to come is through the Netherlands Enterprise Agency that will first do a take-in conversation with them. But it can also be, and that is what we focus on mostly, to uh, offer uh, economic programming for clusters of companies. And for that, we work closely together with the top sectors in the Netherlands and also with other cluster organizations, for example, the regional economic development organizations. So, for example, Innovation Corridor just signed an MOU with um, the state of Maryland to strengthen uh, collaboration in the fields of cybersecurity, life sciences, and health. So Innovation Corridor has an entire suite of companies that they represent and that work with them. That's a more strategic way of collaboration.
0: And what do you mean by MOU?
1: It's a memorandum of understanding. It's really, uh, in this case, it is an agreement that is being signed for the duration of three years, where both parties set joint goals that they want to uh, increase collaboration on. Uh, In this case, it is cybersecurity, life sciences and health. And in addition to identifying those topics, they also uh, will mention concrete forms of programming that they will bring to the table to implement those goals together.
0: So it's sort of like an agreement that, yes, we want to work with you in this area and we're going to dedicate these resources or the staff person or whatever to-
1: Exactly. Is that what, okay. Exactly. And that was signed on the same day as the Urban Dialogues in Baltimore. So it was a big day in Baltimore.
0: It was. It sounds like that wasn't a coincidence, was it?
1: No, 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 no. It was all very well thought through with the help of all of the colleagues at the embassy. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I have one, one more question for you. I, I'm going to go back a little bit to the Urban Dialogues. I noticed that it's Baltimore, Detroit, San Diego, New York, Atlanta. These are all cities that also have major league baseball teams, and I'm, I'm a major baseball fan. So what do, And I haven't visited all those cities. I haven't been to Detroit, New York. Well, I have been to New York or San Diego, and I haven't seen uh, the Atlanta Stadium. So what do I have to do? What strings do I have to pull to get these uh, urban dialogue sessions to match up with the baseball season so I can get on, get on the, the project team for that and then just sneak away for a baseball game during that time? Because I have a lot of stadiums that I have to see still.
1: I mean we can definitely talk about that in terms of calendar uh, but then I would also advise you to definitely uh, reach out to our consulates in Miami and in San Francisco who focus specifically on sports diplomacy and I know that our consulate in Miami does quite a lot also in terms of baseball so maybe there might be opportunities I, there as well. I have to work
0: on that <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> well that's all we have time for today. Thank you again Deborah, for joining me for this episode of By Though. I think I might have asked a few more than five questions again. We might need to change the name of this podcast. Who knows? And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please tell us what you think in the comments below and be sure to click on the subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode or the other videos we post on our YouTube channel. I'll be back behind the microphone next month with another member of the Dutch Diplomatic Network in the United States. Until then, you can keep up with our work on any of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Just search for NL in the USA, and you can stay up to date on how the United States and the Netherlands have a partnership that works.